Ladies and gentlemen, there are a few topics that are not allowed at the Christmas dinner table. Politics, religion, the final lap of the Abu Dhabi 2021, and now we have Alton Park BSB Race 2 Safety Car. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Big Bad Bike Show. I'm the Big Bad Biker Sam McCauley, and joining me tonight are my two coasts, hosts up north biker Ash Hall. Hello there. And Chris Chippy, Chippy Ballard. Hello. Right, we've had a few technical problems before we started, and Ash can't hold it in, so you might as well just laugh, mate, it's fine, <laughs> but he's having an app. No, no, it's just when you when you were speaking then, it sounded like you'd just come up from out of space, your mic just went skins. Did it go mental? <laughs> uh, right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe, hit the notification bell, uh, if you would like to, and... You won't miss a podcast or a video, and if you're on Spotify or Apple or any of the other podcast uh, places, you can get in contact by emailing us at podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk. We've not had an email in a while, so we would appreciate it if you emailed us and just let us know if, what, how you like the show, do you like the show, do you not like the show, what we could change, what we could make better. You're probably thinking, shut up and go on with the bikes. Uh also, the past couple of weeks, I've been putting timestamps on there. So if you don't like the rattling on at the start, just click onto one of the timestamps and get into the bikes. But we're going to have a little bit of a catch-up first. But Ash, you're going to tell us what's coming up in the show. I will do. Uh, the all-new Who Am I is coming up, uh, as usual. We have the reactions to this week's Alton Park BSB. Um, making predictions for the MotoGP... Uh, in India and the World Superbikes at Aragon. Also, on tonight's show, we'll be talking about Tommy Bridewell. Should the MotoGP riders protest and think if they think Barat is unsafe? Also going to be talking about Barbadelli to Ducati, options running out for Marquez and Tommy Bridewell again. But first, a quick catch-up. Chippy, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I finished Red Dead Redemption 2 again. Which is my favourite game How many times in the world. Is this now? I think that's about the fifth time I've completed it. But say I've completed it, I've got up to the bit where Arthur dies. Which is oh, sad. That, that's good. Anybody that's never played Red Dead Redemption 2, you've just ruined it. Well, well anybody yeah. who's uh, not played Red Dead Redemption 2 has had plenty of time to play it. Fuck knows yeah. why they'd want to, but they've had plenty of time to it's, play it. Because it's the best game in the world. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to start it again once I've completed it. Um. And as Sam also, has already put on the. Uh, you've also been, yeah, you've also been cuddling your dog. Giving your dog little nighttime yeah. cuddles and playing at lullabies to get it to sleep. So you, yeah. you put you he put comes little, in for a cuddle. You put little pony, you put little bow ties in your dog. I bet you're one of them people that dresses your dog up when it's cold. You put little jackets and stuff on it. He's but, got a Christmas jumper. Oh my god! <laughs> That's the only thing he dresses do you, up in there. He do doesn't like being dressed. You set him up on the Christmas table and give him a little Christmas dinner and all. But he sits up on the dining table with us every night when we have dinner. That is ridiculous. And he that does. He, uh, he has. He has his own little Sunday roast, and he'll have a little Christmas dinner this year as well. I've. Uh, he genuinely does sit at the table. I've if anybody wants, I cannot go with that. If anybody <laughs> wants to see the video or the little short clip of Chippy uh, cuddling his dog with some lullaby music on the background, it's on our Twitter page. Just go to the Big Bad Bike Show on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I would have denied it, but you put it on before we start recording, so I can't deny it now. Yeah, exactly. That's why I put it on our social media, so you can't deny it because I knew we were going to talk about it. I can't believe yes. that your can't viral. believe your dog sits at the dinner. I've seen. I watched like last Christmas. I watched like a piece on that, and like I think it was like morning news and like ITV or something. They were talking about it. And I was like, surely that's not true. There's not people that actually let their dog sit at the dinner table and eat dinners. 
He loves. It. No, he doesn't eat his dinner there. He just sits with us on a chair. He has, yeah, yeah. He sits on the chair. He jumps yeah, he's, up and he's, sits he's, on the chair. He, his is his is the one nearest the kitchen counter. Isn't it? Yeah, he's like head of the table, and he sits there like between he's us. People. Yeah, That's and ridiculous. Nicola normally gives him a bit of food. Oh, he had a bit weird. of poppadom tonight. Because we had a curry. Curry night? Curry well, night on a Tuesday. Well, uh, I had a run-in with a dog this week. I sent you guys a message. Oh, I, put yes. on, I put it on my own personal Facebook and maybe Twitter as well. So I was out walking my dog. And uh, I was on a familiar route that I'm quite often on. And I seen this other dog and it started barking. And instantly I just thought, oh, that dog's obviously in a bad mood. But the dog came running over... It was massive too. It was huge. A big thing like a like an English mastiff. It was huge. It came running over and it did that thing. You know that thing dogs do where they run over really quick and just stand there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and then my dog just again did the natural dog thing and tried to sniff this other dog's gen- genitals. My dog's a boy. This other one was a bitch. And he was trying to sniff her genitals. Like that's what they do. They try and sniff their butt. And it just went mad. And it was a big dog, big heavy dog. And I thought, right, no way, that's not happening. So I started laying into it. Like it, was, it was proper going mental. But I thought, this is, as far as I'm concerned now, gloves are off. I've You started attacking me, I'm defending myself. So I just started beating the crap out of you. I started sticking the boot in. But it was doing nothing. The thing was doing absolutely nothing to it. It was like a brick. And, uh, and then obviously that wasn't on the lead because it broke free of the lead. And my dog was on the lead, so I had to let go of the lead. And then the next thing I knew, he had she had my dog by the throat and was like doing that thing again, dogs do, where it was pulling back while she was walking, like really trying to rip the throat. And then I just seen red completely, and I just dived onto the ground and wrestled the dog down. Uh, I grabbed her by the <laughs> grabbed her by the throat and started pushing her down. And then she started trying to bite me, and then I just started throwing fists and everything. And I was like, "We're fucking going for it, dog." <laughs> me and this dog were just wrestling in the middle of this footpath. And then I got, I got, managed to grab her by the scruff of the neck, but she didn't have a collar on because that came off. I grabbed her by the scruff and I got my left knee or my right knee. I can't remember what one, but I got one of my knees, like right in, in her groin. Like I got it pushed right in her groin to really try and hold her down, to put some weight on, like a pressure point, and I was holding her down by the... And she was still there, like, arr, arr, trying to like get a snap at me. And uh, I was held her there for about maybe 30 seconds before she calmed down. And then the guy had come over and he was like, oh, I'm really sorry, mate, I'm really sorry. And I was like, where have you been for the past two minutes while I've been fighting the dog? <laughs> and I looked over and thankfully somebody, like a, a passerby had like taken my dog and like, not calmed him down because he was shitting himself anyway, but taken the lead to make sure he wouldn't run away. And uh, yeah. the guy was like, mate, I want you to report this. And I was like, why? They'll put your dog down if they report this. Do you not like your dog? And he's like, it's not my dog. I'm just looking after it. <laughs> I'm like, then you report it. <laughs> you report it then. You go and tell people. But anyway, I calmed him down. I was saying, good girl. I was petting the dog because I have nothing against the dog. We just we're having, had to have a fight. <laughs> like, he's going to eat me. So I was like petting the dog. I was like, good girl. I'm all right. He put the collar on it. And I got up and grabbed my dog. And I was like, Walking, I just walked away like it was a normal day. Like my temper had calmed. I was like me and the dog. And I looked across, and the guy who was looking after this dog was as white as a sheet. He just he didn't know what to do. He was just standing there like like he had just seen like like a murder. And I was like, well, not my problem. <laughs> my dog just walked away. Come on, boy. Have you ever seen uh, the Simpsons uh, when Groundskeeper Willie when he has a fight with that wolf? I've put it in our group chat. I've, it just reminds me of oh, that. I've never seen it. It's Go so funny. It, it just reminds me of Sam. It was proper. Dog. Like, 
you know what you know I can you know how aggressive I can be and you know I like to like I'm not yeah. not violent or anything but you know I can be aggressive I can bring my aggression to the like to the surface pretty quick as soon as it kicked off I was like right let's go <laughs> this is it <laughs> but I just seen like all I was trying to do was protect my own dog because but I just thought if that had been now it's nothing against the dog it's not the dog's fault the guy was like oh I want you to report this and I was like well it's not the dog's fault you've got a shit collar on your dog that's not the dog's fault get by a decent collar no. Uh, but yeah it's not the dog's fault but I just thought if that had been somebody else like like a little girl or something or even like a a much smaller dog or like a wee old granny or a wee even a wee old grunda or even just somebody that's like I'm quite confident around dogs I'm not scared to get down and tackle one if I have to but you know I'm fortunate I feel like quite fortunate it was me because you know I'm quite confident and don't really care Arthur would have got battered I'd have probably got Jack battered as well. I was loving it. I, I came home to my wife, bouncing in the door. I said, I've been in a fight. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, who has it? And I was like, a dog. She was like, what? And I explained it to her and I said, don't worry, it was, it was a dog's fault. Self-defence. <laughs> Just fighting to me going around the village, beating the crap out yeah. of people's dogs. Right, that's enough about me. Is that? Yeah. Um, so, as you both know, I went to the British Superbikes Alton Park this weekend, and it was very, very good. I really enjoyed myself. Good. Uh, rode down on my motorbike and rode back. Did about 900 miles all together. I was going to say, it's a long way on a bike, that. Yeah, all together was about... Because I, I obviously went over to Yorkshire as well, so it's about 900 oh, miles yeah. Jesus. Um, got, I got a bit wet on the, coming <laughs> down, but and a bit wet on the way back. But it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, got to meet Michael Dunlop. He was dead. Well, I said dead sound. He was. He was all right. It was just <laughs> you, you need to speak to him at the right moment. Yeah. If he's got levers on, don't go near him. <laughs> yes. And I got to meet a load of other different decent riders and that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Good. Good. Yeah. That's all I did. Really. <laughs> just How was your camping experience? How was your camping? Yeah, how was your camping? Well, as you both know, <laughs> listeners don't uh, know, so let's tell the listeners how much you uh, loved camping. Right, now, okay, but, can so we just set I... some? Can we just set some pretext here that Ash, the up north biker, Ash has <clears throat> has booked to camp for two weeks in the Isle of Man next year. Twelve, 12 days. days in the Isle of Man next year, and uh, my brother camped in the Isle of Man. And let's just say it gets a little... It's not for the faint-hearted camping in the Isle of Man. Trust me, it's not. And I don't yeah, care if you well, think you've got a quiet campsite or not. You're at the Isle of Man. <laughs> it's going to get rowdy. So anyway, let, let's tell the people how much you enjoyed. Let's tell listeners how much you enjoyed camping at Alton, Alton BFB. Do you know what? It's not that I didn't enjoy it. It's just the first night I got there, obviously the guy, the, the last showed me, she was on the map. She was like, right, so this is the party area. They've got a cur- sound curfew for like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, right, well, I don't really want that. I've just spent seven hours, eight hours riding my bike. She was like, the quiet area over here, they've got a curfew of nine o'clock. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that'll suit me. Set up and everything. N- nine o'clock comes, there ain't no noise curfew. People are partying all around <laughs> me. Like, all around me. All I can smell is, um, you know, a bit of exotic tobacco in the air, let's say. Which I hate the smell of anyway, but it was there, prominent. Um, 
Yeah, and the partying went on until about two in the morning, which I thought was a bit of a piss take, really, <laughs> considering that you're in the fucking quiet area. If you want to party, go to the party area. Don't go to the freaking quiet area. And then some old boy got out of his bloody car and had a, like, gave him a rollicking, and they just turned the music up louder. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the worst Shit. thing you can do. And I was just like, oh, cheers, man. Cheers for that. Well, you... And the, eventually... The... Go ahead, sorry. Eventually, the uh, there was a couple of like people. I don't. They probably were whoever the organisers were. They turned up and said, "Look, guys, obviously this is supposed to be the quiet area. Can you just turn it down a bit?" Which they did for about ten minutes, and then when they pissed off, they just turned it all back on again. Well, um, yeah, the first night was rough. I didn't get a lot of sleep. I don't know. I don't understand how. It's not even that. It's just like like you were sending us messages about you'd got there and. We were like, go to the go to the entertainment. There's usually entertainment. They'll have like a beer tent up. Go to the entertainment. No, I don't want to go to the entertainment. And then you were complaining about also being by yourself. And it's like, well, you can't complain about being by yourself and then not go to the entertainment. Well, no. Oh, I don't. I didn't want. To and then you were sending us messages about sending us messages about the noise of the generators. And it's like, oh well, you know, some guys just drive for hours in his little camper van or whatever. He doesn't want to stick his generator on to charge his phone or maybe you know cook himself some evening meal or something. As if there's not going to be generators and yeah, but stuff. Not, not a freaking, not a one and two in the morning. You weren't texting me at one or two in the morning. You're texting me like nine at night. And I know it's a, it's a quiet area. Nine o'clock. Hey, no, they, they had a curfew for a reason. Oh, nine curfew. curfew. Listen to <laughs> you. Who are you? The Turn fun off. place. Oh, I'm so glad I wasn't no. camping with you. I would definitely have been the guy turning the music up. I'd have been like, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I'd had. I was very tired. I didn't want to party. I just wanted to try and go to sleep. That's all I wanted to do. I was on a night shift, and I was able to message you most of the night. So at least I kept you company. Loser. I took my guitar whenever I went to Donington. Was all I was right. like playing my guitar all um, night. That's because you're a hippie. Um, <laughs> the second night was fine because everyone must have been hung over from the night before, so it was all right. Mm. The second night, and I think my body was kind of just like, "Yeah, you've had an hour's sleep. You, you're going down." <laughs> yes. But yes, um, well, well, we're, we're going to be camping, Sam. Yes, we are, and it's going to be an experience because it'll be like a comedy show or something. Because you'll be there trying to get your sleep, and I'll be trying to round everybody up for a party. Because <laughs> you, yes. you, you know what, you know I'm like, uh, Ash. I could go. I, know, I could go. I, know what you're like. I could go to a graveyard at Halloween and start a party with the dead. You know what I'm like. Well, you went to the cinema on your own the other day. Yes, I do do things. I do things on my own. Yes, occasionally. That is sad. But I'm, you know, I'm kind of limbo unemployed at the minute, so it's fine. I can, I've got time. You don't know what it's like to go in the cinema by yourself. You've obviously never done it. Uh, no, I've never done it. I've, I couldn't. I, I have done it, but not. I couldn't like, imagine going to the kiosk and saying, "Can I have a ticket for one, please?" And yes, I, but, you've got no <laughs> friends with you. Yes, but I went there. It was half ten in the morning whenever I arrived there. <laughs> Like whenever I walked in, the look on their face. tragic! No, the look on their face was, "Oh, thank God! At least we've not opened up for absolutely no reason." Some guys turned up, and you They're walk up thinking, there. Oh, great! Now we've got to put the film on instead of just chilling out. They've got to put it on anyway. They've contractually got to put it on. They have to put it on. It has to play so many times. Like they must put it on. They're not allowed to not put it on. Oh, I don't know how it works. But I turn up. The guy gives me a dirty look. I'm like, mate, you're older than me and you're working in the cinema, so your life hasn't exactly gone very well, has it? Now stop being so judgy, Judgerson, give me my popcorn, and please don't scratch your bollocks before you put your hand in there. 
too late, master. <laughs> anyway, we've done like 20 minutes anyway. of the show so far, and we haven't even talked oh, about Oh, I've got one last thing to talk about. We do oh, timestamps, so you can skip on. So this is... Uh, true. This is... Been... Uh, this has been recommended to me on many occasions. Ash. Mm. This has been recommended to me on many occasions. Ah, monkey that. shoulder. I've got myself a bottle of monkey shoulder. I've not opened it yet. You tried it no, yet? No, I've not opened it. I've oh. kept it especially for this moment because you have raved about this monkey shoulder and how good it is. Do you know what this is going to be, Chippy? This is going to be, you're going to pour it in the glass, it's going to go, <laughs> shine. <It's better>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I do like my whiskey. Ash likes his whiskey. And uh, many occasions he's been, he's been uh, saying to me about drinking monkey shoulder and I've never tried it, but... All whiskey oh, is got, disgusting. It's got a nice caramelly it's, smell. It's, uh, it smells exactly it's the same. whiskey, though. It's not a single malt. It's, it smells very smooth. It doesn't sting the nose too much when you have it a good sniff. No, it is very smooth. We're not a whiskey podcast, people. We're just a blokes podcast. Girls can drink whiskey, too. <laughs> Are you nervous, Ash, that I might not like it? <laughs> I couldn't give a shit to do it <laughs> I spent 36 quid on it. It's expensive for a blend. That is six, was that even a litre bottle? Hmm. Huh. <laughs> Actually, I'm an alcoholic. I drink iron. <laughs> right. He drink that moonshine. <laughs> Potching. Right, we have rambled on quite a bit, so should we move on with the rest of our show? Shall we? Yeah, so let's get into the Who Am I? Last week, Chappie, yes. was oh, yes, your... we got no feedback. Yeah, we got none. Yes. Our usuals right. have been letting us down for the past couple of weeks, but that's fine. Yes. We'll, just, we'll just assume they've got more important things to do. Can't think what's more important than listening to and replying to this podcast. But yes, they maybe have more important things to do, like the real family. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, let's move on with the Who Am I. Last week was your Who Am I, Chappie. Uh, yes. Do you want to reiterate the the clues? So the first clue was I was born in Stockport in 1985. The second one was I currently race in BSB, and the third one was my father raced in MotoGP and World Superbikes in the 1980s. And it was Christian Iden. Yeah, I met him this weekend. Yeah, nice guy. Uh, that one doesn't come. To, that one doesn't come to me straight away. I was looking at the, like to say I, I was using Google. I went on to the riders and the BSB paddock, and I was looking through them. And obviously, we know Leon Haslam, his old man was in Ron Haslam. I knew it wasn't him because he's yeah. too he's too old. I even guessed that's who you guessed last week, but I couldn't think who it was. And I was looking through, and I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll just I'll sleep on it for a night. And then Ash just went and answered it on the group chat that we're in and told... And then Chippy didn't do that thing where he could have went, no, and then replied to Ash secretly saying, oh, yes, that was it. He just went, yeah, that's, that's who it is. And I was, oh, cheers, thanks. That's saves me from actually... Well, I'll tell you what then, we'll have a rule from now that we're not allowed to answer it. You've got to do it privately until we both... Well, I thought that already was a rule. I thought that already well, was an unspoken rule. We'll make it an official rule now. Once again, Ash just didn't follow the rules unless it's <laughs> quiet time in the campsite and then you must follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> right, you should. Be quiet or fuck off. 
Well, I can't wait to go camping with you. It's going to be fun. Uh, right. Uh, do you know what? I think I'm going to bring my own freaking tent on the plane, I think. <laughs> I'm going to bring it. I'll, I'm bringing two tents anyway. I'm bringing a five-man and a two-man. Well, then I'll take mine to the other end of the Because I like having two tents, because then if it <laughs> rains, you can have a wet tent to get changed and stuff in, and a dry tent to sleep in. Thanking you, see. Right. And everybody, yeah, everybody yeah, else right. like, there's no room in that. <laughs> Guy's got two tents. I'm like, yeah, but Tommy Bridewell with the fingers up. Yeah, it's my tent. <laughs> More on that later. Right, so where is my, who am I? It's a secret, so I've not put it on the dock. Right. I'll keep my hands up here so you can see I'm not Googling it. Right, this one here has quite a lot of clues. So you might know it. If you don't know it, I guarantee you, you're going to kick yourself because you do know it. It's one of them sort of ones. But as always, I sometimes like to go into the archives. Right. <clears throat> I have won 350cc and 500cc World Championships, a combined total of five times. My first TT win was 1949 in the Clubman Senior TT, and my last TT win was 1955 in the Senior TT. I am British. I was born on the 29th of March 1923, and I passed away on the 1st of May, 2015. Would you like me to read them clues again? 2015? Yes, passed away 2015. Well, I, if, 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 you, if you read them to me again, I probably still want to get it. I'm going to have to have a ponder on yes. this one. Right, so... Or a Google. <laughs> I have won. Of course, Jimmy, of course. <laughs> Fuck you. I've won the 350 and 500 CC World Championships, a combined total of five times. First TT1 was in 1949 with the Clubman Senior TT. My last TT1 was 1955 in the Senior TT. And I'm British. I was born on the 25th of March 1923. And I passed away on the 1st of May 2015. Honestly, I know who this person is, but I wouldn't have known them facts. About them, like I knew some of that stuff, but I wouldn't have known exactly if I, I myself hadn't googled it to get the idea for the show. So, yes, but you well know who it is. You'll definitely know the name. Okay, yeah, I'm struggling with this. So, well, we just move on with the show because we don't have time yes. to sit here and think about it while we talk. Right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us and you got past all that bollocks or you used a timestamp, you can contact us at podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk if you know the answer. If you do know the answer, just stick it on there. Let us know who you think it is or who, if you've Googled it, that's fine. We're not giving out any prizes anyway. We'll read it out in the show and we will uh, mention your name as well. Groovy. But that takes us on yes. to the next part of our show, which is going to be the news. The news. Leave a gap here. Well, well, I'm just going to leave a gap here, just so you can edit it in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, there isn't actually any news as such this week, right, but there the are. Races. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> there are uh, a lot of confirmed rides um, that's happened over the last week, so I'm just going to go through them. So MotoGP. Silly season favourite Franco Morbidelli has finally uh, announced where he's going, and it'll be Pramac for 2024. Are we going to talk about these separately as you read them out? Are we going to keep it and talk about them at the end, or do you want to just do it one well, by one? You can one? comment on each one as we go through if you want, or... Well, Are you surprised at that? No. Going to Pramac? No. Well, going to I've... Pramac, I thought he was going to go to VR46, maybe, but then... Hmm. 
that would suggest that Bears is going to Prime Active. I'm not surprised that he's going to Jakarta. Yeah. There's I think he'll do really well. I think, I think he'll... Lot... Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I think he could be a title contender next year. I don't know about title contender straight away. Oh, I, I think... Uh, maybe I fancy a, that. I think maybe a race winner. But there's a lot of people... Well, I say a lot of people. I've seen some suggestions on social media, Twitter and stuff. Some people suggesting that he maybe doesn't deserve the ride because he's not doing well this year. He's not done anything this year. Well, he's, I, yeah, but he's on the Yamaha. Exactly, yeah, I'd I, say know. He's, I know. He's not doing any worse than Quattararo, really. Well, that's I, no. I, saw, I saw someone we all follow who basically <laughs> said the same thing. He said, yeah. everyone says Quattararo is doing well because he's on the Yamaha, but now you're trying to say that Morbidelli's not doing well, even though he's only like a point behind quarter hour. Yeah, or something. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I'm not surprised. Title contender, I was thinking about it. I think there's a bit of pressure on him when he goes into Ducati because he, he does have to prove that he's worthy. Especially of a, the Pramac one. Yeah, he has to prove that he's worthy of a factory ride. But there's no pressure on him because if he comes third or even fourth in the championship behind Banyaya, the championship elect this year, uh, Jorge Martin even Bezeki, if he comes fourth behind them next year, it's a decent season. Bastianini as well, don't forget. And possibly Bastianini, yeah. So, yeah, he's got he's got a, a cushion of fourth or fifth next year. It's 2025. I mean, he was, was runner-up uh, in the championship a couple of years ago, wasn't he? Yeah, can't take much. For, I don't want to, like... I don't want to, and is he a two-time world champion? Yes, he's uh, no, he's a European Superstock six hundred Superstock champion and a Moto Two World Champion. Is he? Well, still yeah. Moto Two champion. But the European Superstock World Champion is is that not close to like a world? Like, yeah, even even the World Superstock, that's a European champion. Really, there's two flyaway rounds. It's mm. like a European yeah. champion champion, a couple of flyaway rounds. Yeah, I think there's a bit of pressure on him, but I don't think there's loads. Mm. Yeah. I can't wait. I, th- I think he'll do well. Anyway. Yeah, good to see him going on as you can. Yeah, I think it is. I'm glad he's staying in MotoGP as well, because I think he deserves it. Mm. Um, so the next one, uh, Takanakagami staying at LCR Honda. That is the least, I'm surprised that's that. the least exciting news. That's like, I know, that really. But I am surprised. I am surprised that he isn't, like, LCR aren't turfing him out for Agora to come in. Yeah, I'm sort of surprised, but at the same time, I don't know who would want that ride. I don't think Agora wants it. Because he was offered it last year and he turned it down. I just, it just kind of sparked into my head there now that Honda are maybe in a stage now where if they're going to try and build a new bike, they maybe need people that know the old bike so they can say what's yeah, different. That's true. What's better. So they're maybe thinking... I, don't, need... every, I think Nakagami knows that bike better than anybody. Yeah. yeah. And is he top Honda at the minute? I this think season, is, yeah. yeah, but he's just—it's been at LCR for ages. Yes, yeah. I think it'd be good to stay there for Honda, and probably for him as well. well uh, so moving on, GP, where else would he go? Yes. So moving on to Moto Two, Celestino Vietti and Dennis Onchu moving to the uh, Akiayo KTM, replacing Moto GP bound Pedro Costa and Albert Arenas. Uh, Arenas is going to Grassini Moto Two. Good to see Onchu moving. Mm. Be good to see Dennis Onchu in Moto2. Yeah. Uh, oh, Vietti as well. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a good move for him. It'll probably do him good. Uh, MT Helmets team, they've expanded into Moto2, signing Ayogura, 
and Sergio Garcia and Mario Adji replaces Ayagura at Honda Team Asia. I've never really rated oh, him. So Agura's just staying in Moto2 then? Yeah. Right. You've never rated who? You've never rated who? Uh, Mario Adji. He's always been in Moto3, but he's he's never really done anything. He's not done much in Moto3. Right. I have to actually delve into my head to try and think about when I've heard of him. Like he's never, he's not really, he's not competing he's, for any wins or top ten or. I'm pretty really. sure he's like always around Scott Ogden sort of level. But these people maybe know something that we don't. That's true. Like he might checkbook. be better on a bigger bike, maybe. Yeah, or his checkbook, yeah. Like his checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he has better in a bigger bike. Like I think Scott Ogden would be better in a bigger bike. Hmm. And it's yeah, not. It's not. Jake Dixon it's be not, uh, No, bike. it's not because Scott Ogden would ride a bigger bike better. It's because I think the I think the bigger bikes there's more maturity in the a bit more maturity in the, you'd like to think in the class. And I think Moto Three there's a lot of you get your elbows out quite a lot, and I don't think that suits Scott Ogden at all. Mm. No. Yes. Uh, let's move on to the next one. I've put this. This was from August, but I don't remember reading it out, so I've put it in again. Uh, Holgado staying in Moto Three which I'm quite surprised with, because leading the championship, even if he doesn't win it, he's still proved himself good enough to move up, has I he? think. Has he? I think he has. Maybe not in the last I'd, few rounds. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a pretty solid Moto3 rider. Yeah, well, he's, he, he's won a lot of races. Yeah, yeah, but they're looking for somebody that can handle the pressure of a championship, and he, even though he got, he got off to a great start, he seems to just be falling to bits now. I'm not saying the flyaways will come and they might bring it all back together and, you know... Surge a, a massive resurgence. Surge a resurgence mm. doesn't make sense. There might be a massive resurgence, and they might go on and absolutely barnstorm the championship. But at the minute, it looks like he's really struggling with the pressure. Is that what they want? Is that what somebody wants to invest in? Uh, maybe that's why he's staying then. Well, maybe not. Give him another but year. If he had ended up in Moto Two, I wouldn't have been like, "Oh my god!" But in the same sense, I'm not like, "Oh shocked that he's staying in Moto Three. Yeah. Well, this one I'm a bit more surprised with. David Alonso staying in Moto3. Because, uh, I mean, he could win the championship this year. Yes. Um, I, th- I think with David Alonso, they maybe weren't expecting him to shine as bright no. as what he is so early. And, Possibly. And, uh, you know, all these deals were maybe happening behind the scenes before he really mm. came into focus. And I think MotoGP, I may be wrong in this. Like, if anybody else has any opinions, just email us send us a tweet, just get in contact with us if you have any opinions. But I think MotoGP are trying to steer away again because for a year for a year or two they were just trying to make everybody as young as possible, bring them through, get the next yes. big thing in. Whereas I think they're trying to push away from that again. Mm. Like they're trying to like maybe allow riders and young riders a chance to develop properly before they push them up into the higher... Yeah. Or maybe they were half expecting... Jake Dixon, if oh, if Jake Dixon had moved up to MotoGP, that would have yeah. made a seat for him in the Gas Gas team. But maybe if, if David know. Alonso does win this year, and then can go on and repeat that next year, that's a big F because it's Moto Three. He'll definitely move. Oh, up. he'll definitely yeah. move up. But that that means that like not very many people win two championships in Moto Three, and then possibly a championship in Moto Two. Not many people won two championships in Moto Two. No. I can only think of maybe three or four going back two fifties mm. as well, but uh, yeah, if he wins he a couple, he could be skipped. Of, 
If he wins a couple, yeah, he could skip and go straight to MotoGP. That's possible. But I think he should do Moto3, yeah. win it twice. Moto, it goes against, no, it doesn't go against. Win Moto2, go up to MotoGP, and then become the greatest mm. motorcycle rider ever. Yes. Then we'll be having, <laughs> and we'll be somebody having this, that everybody likes. We'll be having this debate again in another 15 years. <laughs> uh, so, and Joel Esteban will be his teammate. He's moving up to the class. Um, moving on to World Supersport, John McPhee has split from his Vince 46 team, uh, but he will stay in the class just for now, replacing the injured Ollie Bayliss uh, for the next two rounds. And has he not got a raid after this? There's nothing coming on for this. No, nothing yet. I think he's going to end up in either British Superbikes, British Supersport. I think he'll uh, end up on the British Superbike. Or he'd maybe end up going to somewhere. Like, he maybe end up going to America and doing like maybe maybe not their Moto America <laughs> Superbikes. You might do their Super Sport or something over there. Mm. I could see him in BSB. I I could at lower end team if he went to British Super Sport mm. or Stock Thou first and then does well there. Then I you think could maybe maybe maybe, get a maybe, team. maybe Super Sport. Yeah, and then move up from there. If he was in a, I good, don't think Stock Thou. If he was in a good team in either of them classes, I think that would do him well. Mm. If he replaced Luke Stapleford in British Supersport, that would be a good mm. shout. It wouldn't be the worst thing would to ever shot. happen. Like He'd be riding regularly. He'd mm. be competing. It's probably not what he wants. He probably wants to stay on the world team. But realistically, I think that's probably his best bet. Do you th- how, think, how, how well do you think he would do and his current situation of views in a like a really good bike, like a decent bike. In the world super sport. I don't know. I think it's he'd be near at the top, but do you think is it the bike or is it the rider? Because he's got a lot. I of think experience. it's a bit of both. I think he he'd probably be sort of fighting for a podium. I reckon if he was on a really good bike, maybe pushing towards a podium. Sort of top mm. five. What we're talking like Ducati here. Well, what well, if he was in like the top or one of the top world super sport teams? Yeah, well, you got Ducati, Yamaha, yeah. Oh well, that's not worked mm. out of the way. Young John no, McPhee, not... I say young, I probably see him a bit younger than me, but it's not worked out of the way he was At hoping. Least it's a shame, really, because I, I like John McPhee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. It'd be cool to see him at BSB, though. Come to BSB. <laughs> Yes, uh, come from there, over here. Uh, moving on to BSB, <laughs> uh, Kyle Ride is staying at OMG Yamaha for next season. Good Which move, I think, yeah, I that's, think. that's good for him and good for the team. Yeah, and with the, I like Kyle Ride. And with the uh, Yamaha factory support for that team next year as well, he could do even better. Mm. Is that but the yeah, one that, that is, Jason Halloran's going with as well? He's going to be teammate. No, he's going to Kawasaki, replacing Lee Jackson. Is he? Mm. That's right, mm. so he is. That's right, so he is. Yes. I remember that. But that is the end of the, the news. The news. Well, the end. say the news. The confirmed raids is as this week. Yes, the confirmed raids. Yes. Not really any news. Yes. No news to go. There must be something. There must be something news Well, the, the, the only other thing which I only just thought of, which I probably should have put in, probably is about this visa thing. situation in uh, for the Indian GP. How it's like only a few days to go. We still don't know if the uh, the race is even going to go ahead. 
And, I bet it don't go ahead. And there's like media and I'm pretty sure some team members still haven't got there's some teams visas sorted. There's some teams that have missed their flight because yeah. they don't have their visa sorted. And now they're trying to get all this sorted out last minute. And it's already been proven that this can't be sorted when you've got months of time to organise it. So how are you supposed to do it last minute? Yeah. It's so bad the way that this is already going. I don't think it'll happen. It wouldn't but surprise and, me if it didn't happen. Andy is one of them places that whenever you're looking, when you're on the outside looking in, you think, oh, everything's bad. You, how does anything happen? And then once you're in the country, you're standing in the middle of it. And again, you're like, how does anything happen in this place? It's just bizarre <laughs> because it's crazy. Like, it's just, you just look at it and you think, how does anything happen? How does it even govern your country? This place is just Mad! It's crazy that like, I couldn't even. Like, I, I need the whole podcast, <laughs> the whole episode, just to explain how bunkers Andy is. Uh, I haven't been there for a few months, and it was just like, but somehow it seems to work. I don't know how. Just yes. barely, obviously, but. But yeah, I mean, they're still worried about the track as well because it's they're saying the walls are too close to the track, which we've made a meme about. Um, <laughs> I like that. The, one. That was good. <laughs> and they're saying about uh, there's not a lot of runoff area in the um, like before you hit the wall yes. as well. Yes, we we made a meme. I think the memes. Chippy makes some memes. Uh, it's on our socials. And I laugh. It's on it. Twitter. <laughs> it's on our Twitter page or X page. X. And it's on you know Big Bad BS Facebook page. So if you want to see our memes, go on there I and think have I'm, a look. I think we should make this a regular thing, making memes yeah, about this weekends. But. Uh, yeah, the the riders they don't apparently they don't have any sort of official union, but they can protest. Like they're putting yeah. their lives in the line. They can just refuse to go out. They can be like, we're just not going to do it. Yeah. But mm. you got Banyaya. I don't know what's. I don't know medically or physically what condition he's in, but he's leading the championship. And a few weeks ago, Brad Bander ran over his legs. So he still might Which be was, he still might be suffering and have a bit of pain from that. So he might be going to this weekend again, thinking damage limitations. Mm. So if anybody's going to be at the side of the road saying I don't want to race, it's unsafe. It will be by Nyai, I think. Yeah. And Alicia Spiger will be beside him. That's not safe. And the likes of Martin, who's you know fighting for the championship. He wants as many rounds as possible, especially if he thinks he can get a, excuse the pun, a leg up on Banyaya. He'll want yeah. to race. So it might be a bit of a stalemate if there is a protest. It might be a little bit of a stalemate. Apparently the last, well, time, just... the last time it happened was a Brazilian GP in 1992. Similar situation. And it was yeah. Dorna. That was Dorna's first year, Brazilian GP. Mac Doom was winning the championship. Wayne Rainey was second. Wayne Rennie was like, we want to race. Mac Doom was like, oh, we don't want to race. Funny that. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just reading on that guy that we follow. I'm just going to say his name, Simon Patterson. Yes. Uh, we follow on Twitter. Uh, he's saying a rough count from the social media posts. So the MotoGP riders in India or on their way. Apollo Spargaro, Ralph Fernandez, Bradlin, Nakagami. MotoGP riders sat at airports. Uh, Jack Miller, Jorge Martin and Bagnaya. <laughs> and Alicia Spargaro and Mark Marquez are still sat at home. And bear in mind, it's Tuesday now. It's the, not happening. They've got all it's the media and happening. stuff in like two days. Well, yeah, but not Mark Marquez really two doesn't days, need to be day. there. Mark Marquez isn't riding for a championship. Mark Marquez rides a bike that's dangerous anyway. Mark Marquez is in a position where he could say, I don't know what to ride this week, and Honda will just have to deal with it. 
You know, mm. you know what I mean. Still, just because I, Mark Marquez doesn't turn up doesn't mean the show doesn't go on. Alessio Spagaro, it again, he's not in a title. Cha- he's not in a title hope. There's no title championship going on there for him. I understand, but if these guys aren't going to get the visas and not enough riders turn up, it's not going to happen. <laughs> You've got to think it's not just MotoGP. It's going to be Moto Two, Moto Three. I know. I, I, it's so bizarre. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so bizarre that we're in this position. <laughs> but I sent Simon Patterson was. Like tweeting, he puts a lot of tweets out about it, and I sent um, I sent a message saying to him. I replied to him saying that it's on the latest MotoGP motorbike game. You know, MotoGP twenty twenty three. It's on there. Mm. It says riders can play the game, see where their hazards are. Now that was all I said. But what I meant was they can see where the hazards are. Then that they can know they can build an argument for what's safe and what's not safe and then they can go to the officials and say this corner's not safe but he just <laughs> replied to me yeah, yeah. he replied to me and said life's not a computer game and I was like yeah I know <laughs> so I replied back to him and I said but imagine you could actually double jump <laughs> and he laughed at that yeah. <laughs> he had a laugh emoji and I was like, at least he's got a sense of humour but yeah, yeah life's not a computer game I understand that but like I've 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 seen riders in the past when they go to the TT for the first time they use a computer game as a way to learn some of the track get an idea for it so yeah some of these riders might have already been on the MotoGP twenty three game get an idea where the 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 feel for the the track mm. and see where all the unsafe yes, corners some of them look some of them look gnarly <laughs> though some of them there's no runoff and there's just a wall. Yes. And I know we made, just, I know we uh, made that meme way, Michael Dunlop going around Isle of Man TT, but it's completely different riding style. Like it's, yes. Yeah, it is. You're on yes. a bike that's, what? You're on a bike that can do, what, 360 kilometres an hour in a straight line? You're on a rocket, yeah. basically. Yes. I'm just reading here a comment. It's quite funny. MotoGP India sponsored by MasterCard because they don't have a visa. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Uh I don't know if this is going to happen or not, and it's. I don't think it's it a is. little embarrassing, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, it's bad. But then, it, but then, it's not MotoGP's fault, is it? No, it must be their country or the, something in the country. The way be, they do it's things. It's got to be the officials in India that you are say doing it's it. not yes. MotoGP's fault, but the track's not been finished or homologated until the last minute. That's Dorna's fault. Like at some point, Dorna. At some point, mm. Dorna had to do like a. A safety inspection. There had to be a point where Dorna had to sit down on a like some sort of meeting and say, "This is the last opportunity for us to pull the plug on India before it just turns into a mess." And they've went, mm. "Oh well, let's just let's just hide our hide our heads in the sand and hope that it's fine." Mm. Yes, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that it's not you know the the Indian officials whoever it is it's not their fault. But I'm just saying that Dorna. Dorna can't come out of this and be, oh, we're blameless, it's all India's fault. No. You've also got a part to play in this. You're the ones that you're the ones that can say months before, you can go to them and say, I'm really sorry, but we invest it in your country to take a MotoGP there and you've not you've not got your track to standard, so we're we're going we're gonna, go we're going to pull the plug. Mm. Yeah. Now, I suppose they said right Kazakhstan right, yeah. wasn't safe enough or whatever that was, whatever the problem yeah. was. So they could have done that with India as well. Mm. Well, they haven't, and now we're in this situation. <laughs> it just leaves you to wonder what next year's going to be like, because if they do go ahead with it this year, does that mean it's going to be every year, and we go with this visa problem every year, or is it just simply going to be 
there'll be a few teething problems this year and then next year it'll be grand. Next year it'll be great. Well, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I doubt it. Uh, Should we move on? I mean, normally, when we review a weekend, we normally go through each race individually, don't we? But we haven't really done that this week. Because firstly, I didn't make notes. And secondly, there's only really one thing to talk about. Well, talking about, <laughs> to look at the races, I think all the races were fairly similar. When you look at the, the front runners, at least, it was Tommy yeah. Bridewell yeah. against Glenn Irwin. That, and it's been like yeah. that for the past few rounds. And, and it's, uh, the fact it's just that battle for third. The fact that they're half, away, half a point away from each other suggests that it's been like that the entire season. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's turning into the PBM Ducati Irwin Bridewell show. It's our Bridewell Irwin show, depending on who the bigger fan you are. Uh, and that's the way the racing went. It was Yes, there was races for third. Lee Jackson, was it Lee Jackson did really well last week? He got, he did really he got three really podiums. Well. Yeah. Like he's walking away last week thinking, three podiums, everybody should be talking about me. And nobody's hardly mentioned the fact that Lee Jackson got three podiums. Like, that's yeah. class. Mm. I thought yeah. about a meme of that, yeah, but I couldn't really know really how to get it work, but I was thinking a meme about that. You know the one where there was a lot you know the of, one where um, they're holding the baby what? up in the swimming pool and the other one's drowning and then there's like the skeleton <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of the like, down here. Three podiums from the guess. Yeah, it was good watching people fight for third though, because at some points you had Leon Aslam in third and you had Kyle Ride and then obviously Lee Jackson was there. Mm. So it got to one of them where it was like you know when you used to watch MotoGP and the two front runners would just piss off, yeah, yes, and you were just. You were watching the third battle. That's kind of what it was and then, like, and it was still. And with the first race, especially, and maybe a little bit the second, but the first one especially, you could see the tactics of Glenn Irwin was because he was so many points behind Bridewell. He knew that it was it was more beneficial for him for Bridewell to end up not just second, but third or fourth or fifth or sixth or whatever. Yeah. So he so was Bridewell was trying to clear away, but Glenn Irwin getting in front was then trying to slow it down. So there's and then yes. you could see you could see the bikes taking away from each other, and then. Crescent, crescending back together. Is that the word? Crescending back together. I think I've that's the word. Still emerging. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to Google that word. <laughs> crescending. Crescending. Yes, I think it's like something crescends where it comes back together. They all pulled apart, crescends back together. Or I think crescending might be whenever an orchestra all pulls in together. But anyway, come together. Uh, <laughs> a gradual increase, especially in the loudness of music. <sighs> the peak of a gradual increase. Crescendo. Yeah, well, a crescendo, I think, is whenever, like, maybe one guy's doing his little solo and then and then the percussion comes in and then before you know it, all the orchestra's playing together. So, blah, it, it kind of works. But... Sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of a Harry Potter joke, but the only thing I think of is bigotry. So, like, let's just uh, keep on moving on. So... <laughs> Yeah, you could see Glenn Irwin's tactics where he's trying to slow it down and Bridewell was trying to speed it up. But mm. race one, let's talk about that first. Or do you want to give you a little speech first, Chippy? Do you want to give you, you've read it down in the doc. Do you want to give you a little speech? Uh, well, yeah, I was just going to say um, that there's been a bit on social media, well, actually quite a lot towards the riders of Stuart Higgs, and apparently well, they've all come out and said the abuse isn't on. They are human. They're there to entertain us and they are risking the lives and that so if anybody is still giving them stick maybe keep it friendly with yes. memes for just example send, like we send have. it's okay to <laughs> memes because that's what we did <laughs> yes just keep it friendly with memes don't start threatening them and you know no. wishing hurt on them or anything just one guy nice. one guy sent a message and he said 
he put a message just in one of the Facebook forums and he's like, what's up with, uh, what's, I was going to say Alan Irwin. He was like, what's up with uh, Glenn Irwin's accent? He sounds like all over the place as he's from some posh family. And I just replied to him, I said, as an Ulsterman living in England, I can relate. And he was like, oh, finally, somebody, somebody can relate. Yes, keep it friendly. He's like, finally, somebody can relate. He's like, oh, so what's the problem? And I was like, well, he's probably fed up repeating himself to English twats like you, so he has to just <laughs> be more clear and spoken. And then he just gave me the cross faces and went away. Yeah, so <laughs> I sent you as a voice note. I was like, if there's one time we want to be recording on a Sunday night, it's tonight we should record on a Sunday night. But I'm glad we didn't because we probably, like, we all would have been a little bit heated. Yeah, we would. Not a chance I would have been recording. I, uh, Sunday night I was still travelling back on my bike. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not saying we actually should have, I'm just saying if we could have, but I'm glad we couldn't because... It would have been like a five-hour show. And I think we'd have been a bit heated yeah. and we'd have just maybe reiterated some of the things that was being said on social media. Mm. So we had a wait chance for the to, dust to settle. So we had a chance to calm down, wait for the yeah. dust to settle, because we all get a little bit passionate. You get a little bit passionate about all the sports we love and all the sports stars that we love, and we get we, we do get passionate. That's why we love sports so much. Whether it's rugby, football, or in this case, our case, best sport in the world, motorbike racing, and one of the best championships in the world, British superbikes. The best championship in the world. Well, maybe. Wh- which right. one? Wh- <laughs> which championship is gripping you most at the minute? It's got to be British Superbikes. Half a point in it with only really two rounds left. Yeah, uh, yeah, as exciting. But the one that's grabbing me the most is probably Moto Three. Yeah, I'm on that the is up there. That's probably uh, second for me now. Hype train, baby. <laughs> um, I'm I'm really liking the BSB, but um, I'm lo- I'm liking World Supers as well. I'm liking that top racks clawing it back. Yeah, I, that could get really good actually. We're supposed to be talking about the races. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's usually me the one that digresses. You're the one digressing. Right, so race one. We know what happened. There was a brilliant race for third. Like Glen Irwin tried to slow it down. And then the big talking point was coming into the last lap. They went round the chicane. forget the name of the chicane. Round the chicane. Down the straight. Coming into the left-hand turn. And Tommy Bridewell messes up his breaking has to go straight on through the barriers Ash you said he didn't go through the barriers you noticed that well done he didn't go through the barriers he just went around the barriers but he's maybe going a bit he went around he's maybe barriers. going a bit too fast to get stopped so. yeah I think he was, he was a bit too... but he didn't he didn't make any time anyway no so. he did yeah. the safe thing he came back and he finished in fourth so that's 1-0 Glen Irwin for the weekend now at the time I was like I'm a big Glen Irwin fan you may have guessed by the accent. I've said it before. Like I've watched, I believe it's his old man, Alan Irwin. I watched him race, and uh, you know, Brian love it. As soon as Tommy Bridewell went straight on, I was jumping. I was like, "Yes, come on!" <laughs> and I was just, I had my hands. I was like, "Glenn," because he didn't know he was. He didn't know what happened. He was like, "Glenn, just keep it, keep it up, keep it on two wins," because <laughs> it would, you know, just be like sod law to then crash. And I was like, "Just keep yeah. it up, keep it two wins." And then he won, and I was so happy, like I was, I was so happy, I was really happy, because I've always wanted Glenn to win. And then that's the first time, whenever the weekend just took a bit of a salty turn, because they were doing the interviews, and then they put the camera into Tommy Bridewell, and he was giving it the big, you know, fuck off. And Yeah. Yeah, he didn't have a great weekend in Tommy, did he? No. No, that outburst was pretty bad. and Well, I didn't see yeah. it live, and then I kept getting messages from... Like you and my dad and that saying, 
what he'd just done. So I watched it back and I was like, Jesus, that's bad. Like, you can't well, do that. I watched it back and I've seen, like, you've seen before where riders have maybe crashed or they've yeah. not got the result they wanted and they have the cameras in their face. First and foremost, that annoys me anyway. That annoys me a bit. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, if the guy wants to talk to you or wants to be approached, they'll make it no one. They'll do that. Mm. But whenever they just stick a camera... But then again, I can see the cameraman's point of view. That's their job. That's what they're there to do. Yeah, they but need they to get usually, the action. They usually do that sort of wheel thing with their hands where it's like, move on, you know, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> or as Tommy Bridewell was like, oh, fuck off, and give them the big legs. <laughs> but at the time, I, I didn't see... I had heard about you were telling me about it and... And I was like, oh my God, he's, he's, he's gone too far. can't believe he's done that. And then I watched it back. You were like, go to Discovery Plus to like three minutes, 30, or three hours, 37 minutes or something, which wasn't that, but I did find it eventually. <laughs> and I seen it and I was like, was that it? Because his temper was up. He had just mm. made a mistake. The adrenaline's running. Some cameraman's there sticking a the camera in his face. To be honest, I'm surprised somebody and his team didn't put their hand over the camera and just be like, look, just get out of the way. Like, this isn't the time or the place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did you see his mum's reaction? She laughed. She thought it was hilarious. No, I didn't. She just sort of looked at the camera, like raised her eyebrows, and <laughs> yeah. But what's she supposed to do? She's probably yeah. she's, she's probably just oh, I'll go and watch my Tommy race motorbikes, and there he just came forth. He's kicking off, and what's she supposed to do? Turn around and be like chastise him on live TV, bam him, him over her, bam him over her knee. And... <laughs> Could you imagine taking his taking his leathers off? It will take about five minutes to get his leathers off, and then spanking him in the bum. Naughty Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> you naughty naughty boys what is she supposed to do so like I thought I thought her reaction was funny asking something my mum would do if I, if I kicked off she'd be like well <laughs> no personally that that one outburst if it was just that on its own it, w- it wasn't too bad but it was no, what I, followed I that made that, that seem I worse that and I was like what do you expect the guy's the guy's full of adrenaline and a part of me thinks that he wanted to at least win or get on the podium so that he could say a speech he probably had planned for uh, Paul, Baird. Paul Baird. Maybe all that was running through his head. It had been a team one, two as well, and I think he yeah. was probably yes. annoyed that yeah. he messed that up. Yes, and in the last lap, he's maybe annoyed at himself that he thought, I should have just settled for one, two. Still would yeah. have been leading the championship. Who knows? So to have a camera stuck in your face, I can understand why he was given it the big, you know, FO because like I say adrenaline mm. we're not the ones putting their life in the line racing around really fast maybe I maybe I jinxed it when I did my Facebook live on the grid mm-hmm. I, I pointed the camera at both of them and I was like there we are there's who we're expecting for the one two <laughs> <laughs> I did it's probably my fault sorry sorry Tommy <laughs> like whenever, I, whenever I jinxed Michael Dunlop in the TT <laughs> I know yeah you were like oh yeah if he doesn't, if he doesn't win this year, we can go to the TT and watch him win next year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the first one. Uh, I was happy, generally happy. I was happy he came fourth. I was happy that Glen Irwin won because, like I said, I want Glen Irwin to win. Uh, before we went into this round, Ash, who did you want to win? Who do you want to win the championship anyway? I know you're all like. Oh. Kyle Ride, but it's it's not between <laughs> Kyle Ride hasn't got a chance. It's between Glenn Irwin and Tommy Bridewell. That's it. All that's all their fucking showdown bullshit. It's pointless. Well, it's not pointless literally because there's points up for grab, but it's pointless because well, there you go. There, there's uh, there, come on. It's between Glenn Kyle Irwin. Ride goes really well at Donington. 
Who? Do you know what? Carl Ride. I want Tom. Yes, but he needs Tommy he Bride needs them well. other two to finish like fourth or fifth. Yeah, he could do with them taking each other out, and they're they're the half a point away. Races. So at least one of them is going to finish in the podium, I'd imagine. Tommy yes. Bridewell. Yeah, I want Tommy Bridewell to win. Ooh. Your team, Tommy. Why not? No, I'm not just just saying team Tommy. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Obviously. And do you know why? Do you know why I want him to win? Because it was hilarious when he blanked Chippy when he tried to get an autograph off him. <laughs> so that's why I want Tommy to win. It was funny. Uh, I've already, I've already made it perfectly clear. I want Glenarvan to win. So, well, we? before this weekend, I was Team Bridewell. Look how nervous you are. Win. You're like, it's, it's like you're, you're telling Tommy Bridewell himself. <laughs> Tommy, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Tommy. No, before this weekend, I wanted Tommy Bridewell to win it, and I, for the whole season, I wanted him to win. But after this weekend, I want Glen Irwin to win. To be honest, I don't really mind who wins. I've always, as long as it's not an Aussie, basically. I want a Brit to win, but I'd prefer to, uh, Brybar to win, but now I want it to be Glenn Irwin, just after yeah. this weekend. Right. Let's go on to race two. Should... Let's go into race two, because... Yeah, go on. No, go ahead. What are you going to say? Because <clears throat> what? No, because you're going to explain what happened in race two, and then I can discuss it. Right, so... <laughs> well, I can't barely remember, because I've not rewatched it. So, race two... Well, I've watched it, like, five times. Right, I've watched it... Well, I've watched that that bit a few times so race two uh the takeoff it's very much like race one there's the leaders up front and there's the race for third it's the same protagonist as it was previously in the race for third it has a good race it's an exciting race it gets to about lap 14 13 14 is it storm stacy who fell off and brought out the yes. safety car storm stacy he he fell off pretty much straight away Stacey. What, straight away in the race? No, no, that, that was in the first race, I think. Yeah, because oh, he brought yeah. the safety car, so he yeah. crashed and brought the safety car. I forget how, I think by this time the safety car came out, I think Tommy Bridewell might have slightly broken Glen Urban a bit. I think it was at that point where, if I can remember correctly, I think it was at that point where it was like, I think Tommy Bridewell's got this. But then the safety car came yeah. out. And obviously, the safety car comes out, it gives everybody a chance to catch up and become one big bundle again. Now, the problem that seemed to happen was Tommy Bridewell, as you all know, and anybody listening to this knows, Tommy Bridewell misjudged where he was or how far away the safety car was, or maybe he was trying to play tactics because there is that opportunity. I think to, it was tactics. There is a, I don't think it was. There is an opportunity to slow down, back them up, and then just drop the, you know, Drop down a gear or whatever, just take off. And Which is fine. It's a tactic, you can do that. Yeah. I don't think it's tactic though. So I've so Chappie, what you think was Tommy Bridewell went to go for it and then realised I've got a whole corner on the straight before I need to do this. I better slow down again and he slowed down no, too much. I I think he did it, so he's gonna set off. Then thought if I slow everybody down now it's gonna throw everybody off what they think I'm gonna do. And then I can go and make a break. Oh, right. But I think so, he mis—I think he misjudged it too much, and obviously caused all the chaos behind him. And yeah, Vickers came flying through. Everyone was waving their arms. I think see, he just, I just mis- think, have you, have, I think it was a bit of human error myself. Have you seen the onboard? If you look at the onboard, no. the way he accelerates and the way he brakes, it's quite—you see the front go mm. down quite a bit. It's and like you see it sort of happen twice as well. And you don't think it was maybe just a bit of human error? No, I think... Well, 
human error in the way he got his he got it slightly wrong with backing him up. But I think, I think he intended was... to do that. He intended to accelerate to get him to think he was going and then slam well, on he, and he, then go. He said, he said on, and I don't know whether I should believe it or not, but it does sound like it could be a feasible thing. He said in his uh, little video that he made, apologising for his antics this weekend, that 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 corner is on a camber. And he did say he felt his front end slip slightly. So if he felt that, he could have put the brakes on again, and that's hence why he'd like slowed down twice. I don't buy that. And surely, if you feel the front because going, you, you lay off the brake. You don't brake more. That's going to make it more unstable. Nah, sometimes, sometimes you just freaking panic. I uh... I don't know. I don't, I don't buy that. <clears throat> I don't think he deserved the penalty anyway. I do. You don't think he deserved the penalty? It was carnage behind him. It was absolute carnage. It was, but well, but if, then why weren't the, why weren't then people sticking, uh, you know, concentrating on what they were doing? They were concentrating on the no, way they, they were doing. They, they, mm, they, they could only gone. They can only go so they slow. Were, you ride a motorbike. Yeah. You can only go so slow before you're going to fall off. If if he goes, they're they're going to go with them. And if what Chippy's saying, if he thinks what he said, Tommy Bridewell's went and then stopped really quick to try and make everybody else slam their brakes on, and then he's going to go, but. They don't hit it like it's whenever you're in traffic in the M25. Somebody stopped, another guy stops, that first guy takes off, and there's now a queue of traffic about 20 cars behind you because of that yeah, one. Why would you slam on twice? Why would you slam on twice then? Like to to try and play. I a think tactic. that might have. Yeah, I think that might have been slightly the human error where he slammed on a bit too much. But and that's probably why the front end started going because he was on the camber. Look, I'm I'm happy to put it down to human error. I don't ride the bikes. I don't ride at that speed. I'm not there. Maybe, maybe I'm. I'm. I'm all right. Maybe the penalty shouldn't have been as harsh. But why? The penalty's the penalty. It's a three-second penalty. That's the penalty. Well, it's a, yeah, it but was they a ride went through. four and a half seconds in front of everybody else. Well, it's like they said before the like freaking said, car that, came out. If that, uh, if that safety car had to come out in lap four, then three seconds would have been nothing. He probably would have been in second because he would have got that far away. Him and Glenn Irwin would have got that far away. Three seconds would have would have been nothing. It's just mm. the fact that it happened on lap 14, lap 15. But the, the, you can't change the penalty because of where they're, what lap they're at in the, the race. The penalty's a penalty. Well, just, right, just, just answer the question because you've changed your mind now. Answer the question. <laughs> did he deserve the no, penalty? I wouldn't change my mind. You were, you were no. like, he didn't deserve the penalty or maybe he did deserve... Did, did he, he deserve, deserve... No. Did he deserve I a just, penalty? Just a different one. I don't think he deserved the penalty. I think it was human error, and because why would he slam? Right, you twice? think it's human error, but do you think uh, do you think Lopez when he took out Sam Lowe's? Do you think that was human error, or did they do it on purpose? You obviously don't do it on purpose. It was human error. Yeah. Right, do you reckon a different penalty would have been penalty. better? Do you think maybe if it was like a grid penalty in the next race, start three places back or something? Yeah, so maybe maybe if that's what they were going to do, I don't. I think the three second penalty was just. I just think it was fucking harsh, man. It was so harsh considering that nobody actually came off the bikes. Very nearly, you know. There was Very no da- no, no yeah, but no no damage happened. You know, they all ended up starting off the race again, and it was inevitable they were going to do the one two anyway. At one stage, once that race restarted, it was all over the place. You had like Lee Jackson, who was like arguably in front and he had to wait for people to come past and then somebody come up inside the Glen Irwin 
just because they had nowhere else to go. And he nearly came off, and he had to pick the bike up. And it was almost, it was like, it was like one of them, like, push bike racers where they all had to find their place again before they can take off. Yeah, and it, I've seen and it at one happen. stage, yeah. at one stage I thought, they're going to hit a red flag this race and start it all over again just to find out who was in what mm. position. But then they all took off, and they were all waving their hands. And I've seen somebody on social media who was saying, who was trying to slag off Glenn Irwin, saying that Glenn Irwin was trying to get in front so he could dictate the pace of the, the restart. And I was like, at no stage was Glenn Irwin ever in front of Tommy Bridewell. He's the one, no, he was the one rider who could, like because he was right behind Tommy, he was the one rider who could react. But it was the rest of them, the further back, they didn't have time to react because, you know, mm. they're reacting to Glenn Irwin. They're not reacting to Tommy, Tommy Bridewell. So then they're going, you know, and then the next guy's reacting to Lee Jackson. He's not reacting to Glenn Irwin and so forth. And then that's where all the, the fuck up happens. Also, I do think as well, because the reason why the penalty stood was that last season, I can't remember if it's Taz McKenzie. I'm sure it was Taz McKenzie. He had an incident behind the safety car. He went too early. And ended up. Over- I remember you saying something about. Yeah, this. he ended up overtaking the safety car before it had gone into the pits, and he got a penalty. Ah, but, it, but yeah, but they never went past the safety car. No, no, no. But no but the- at, at the start of the season, uh, Stuart Higgs made a point of saying to him, "You are the- whoever the lead rider is behind the safety car. You control the pace, and it's got to be a safe pace. It's got to be controlled." And like they made a real point of making sure. They knew. But did, is there, not also, the is there not also a law that you're not allowed to go past the safety car, but you're not also allowed to go too far behind the safety car? Once you like, if you go too far behind the safety car, is that not a rule? We have possibly. To, I can't have, remember. Like, I think you have to stay so many vehicles distance. Mm. And if you go further behind that, then that's yeah, maybe. Or maybe I'm reading the rules wrong. But yeah, the the fact of the matter is, is as as much as there can be, you know quote-unquote tactics it has to be safe yeah and whether it's I understand what you said and whether it's human error or not whether it's human error a mistake or done on purpose even if it is human error and a mistake it still comes with a penalty because you're the one that made the mistake I don't think it deserves a penalty I just don't no penalty at all no well you're entitled nobody nobody crashed nobody crashed nobody got a well, clearly you know, Tommy Bridewell. Pass the safety car. Clearly Tommy Bridewell didn't Bridewell agree. He didn't agree with the penalty either. <laughs> no, he didn't agree with the penalty. With no, the, he didn't. <laughs> it was his antics on the way back in. Jesus, because wasn't he like making signals to the fans as well? Was he not well, doing at one that? stage, and I'll tell like the listeners it. what I'm doing. At one stage, it looked like he was celebrating. He was like, he had his right hand off waving at the fans. He had his left hand off waving yeah. at the fans. And the commentators were like saying, oh, he thinks he's won the race. He doesn't know. I don't want to be the one that has to tell him. I'm going to have to interview him. And then it, it, he almost like, not stood up, but you know, he was both hands off. And it, the first time I thought he was cheering, but the second time I watched it. So basically what he's doing is, it looks like he's milking two cows simultaneously. <laughs> you know, just imagine, put, put your, listeners, put your two hands above your head, like you're cheering, you've just scored a goal, and imagine that you're milking two very, two cows with very big udders. You're milking two Please, cows. listeners, don't do this because you'll get arrested if you're in so, public. <laughs> yeah. If you're in Costa Coffee, listen to it. <laughs> or if you're out walking your dog, put one hand up. And if you're out walking your cat, put the other hand up <laughs> and just pretend you're milking off two huge cows. That's kind of what he did. And then he went right. by race control and flipped them the bird. Not not good. No, 
it wasn't good. I'll tell you, it's a good job for his team as well. As soon as he rode into the garage, they pulled the... Uh, yeah, they closed the well, door, the didn't they? Of course they're going because they learned from the first race. Yes. Because the first yeah. race, which, again, I gave him a bye-ball for that one. And then whenever he can... But he's angry. He's angry. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's angry. I get being be angry. He shouldn't be doing it. And he should be angry, angry at himself. Yes, he be doing I know it. he's angry. Yes, yes, I know. And this is such a... No, no, he shouldn't be angry at himself because it wasn't a penalty, but there you go. No, he's angry <laughs> and he can be angry at himself or he can be angry at whatever. And I know that's a, such a cliche thing to say. And I know some people maybe think it's uh, shouldn't be saying it as a load of bollocks, but... There are a lot of people watching them. There's a lot of young people watching them, and they, do, they that's not the sort of thing they want to see. It's not they take a parent. I agree. A with parent you, yeah. takes yeah. their son or daughter to a motorbike race, and we like to think that motorbike races were above that. We're not hooligans, you know. We can go and we can shit, yeah. we can smash a can, we smash sticks, and you know that's drinking beer mm. and smoking cigarettes and have a good fun. And whenever you see that, me personally, I would laugh it off. I don't care if he flips birds and, you know, milks cows. I don't yeah. care. I'm it's hard, funny. I'm I, hard I get what you're saying. <laughs> but, I, I do understand. But it's, there's no need for it, really. There's no need for that. No. And then to come out and be like, if he'd have took it magnanimously, magnanimously and come out and said, yes, I got the penalty. I don't agree with it. I got the penalty, but I proved I could win the race. That's all I had to do. Mm. Do you think... He made it weird. Do you think that... Do you think that if this hadn't been Paul Bird's like sort of memorial sort of weekend, do you still think he would have re- reacted the same? I think he would, and it's a shame it was this weekend it happened because well, it really did take the shine off Paul Bird's. Weeks ago, you always told me everybody loves Tommy Bradwell. How can you not like Tommy Bradwell? <laughs> Because I never really... Listen, well, now not, you've got a reason. It's not that I didn't like him. I just never warmed to him. And he was racing against Glenn Irwin, who I want to win. I just never really warmed to him, right? There was just something about him. And it's not... I don't want them to take it personally. You just don't gel with everybody, especially when you've got a reason to like somebody else he's racing against. But then that thing he said a few weeks ago, he's like, oh, I think I, I, think I like to... I'm not going to do a Tommy Bradwell accent. I can't do one. But he's like, oh, I think I'd like to prove that if I can't ride around you, I'm going to ride through you. Remember he said that? Mm, yeah, I, I remember like, oh, he said it's that. It's all right in saying that when you win, but not when you're coming second or third, because then that just proves that you're talking bollocks. You know, he's obviously yeah. got a habit of opening his mouth. He's like Jack Dixon. He needs a shit filter to come down there. He needs to whisper words the into thing is, shit filter's ear, and then the shit filter say, Tommy Bradwell's unhappy. That's what he needs. Thing is, he wasn't like this last year, and he's never—he's not been like this ever. But I think now he's moved from the Oxford Products Ducati, or whatever they're called, to the PBM Ducati, and he's got this pressure now. He's expected to win. I think he's struggling to handle the pressure. And I think this oh. is how it's like manifesting itself. Well, he's, with he's, just he's, talking, he's probably got a contract. But if he keeps us up, he's—they're probably going to be very reluctant to want to keep him on, regardless mm. if he wins a championship or not, because. He's turning into a PR nightmare, that. Yeah. I think his emotions are just, was just a little bit heightened because of the whole pressure of it being the whole Paul Bird week. I don't know. Possibly, but Glenn Irwin had the same pressure. And I know yeah, you can say... But not everybody's the same. I know I you can say Glenn Irwin won the races or Stuart Hicks... I'm doing, I'm doing inverted commas, you know, question marks here, listeners. Stuart Hawks, Hicks fix the race to make sure Glen Irwin will win and you know no. you can always say 
history, Bullshit. history. Uh, uh, the victors always get to write history, so that's why Glenn Irwin wasn't angry because he was winning the races and getting ahead of the championship. But from the beginning of the weekend, the whole way through the weekend, I thought Glenn Irwin handled himself very, very well. Yeah, he did. He did yeah. And, I think uh, Stuart Higgs as well. He gets a lot of criticism, but I think he's he's really he good at what he does. Because I, I I remember. Uh, I, I think. Go on. Go on. No, you I was go. just going to say, uh, loads of people on uh, social media basically saying, oh yeah, he made the decision. Well, it's, it's not just him that makes no, the decision. No, there's a lot there in that team. There's a panel of people yeah. that make the decision as a collective. Because I tweeted him... That, uh, you, yeah, you, I, I tweeted him last year because I thought uh, Peter Hitman, it might have even been the year before, I thought Peter Hitman should have got a penalty for something, but he didn't get one. And I was like, well, it's only because he's in FHO racing, you don't want to upset your missus. And give him a penalty, and <laughs> I don't. I, I doubt it was because of my tweet, but he came out and said that he's getting criticism because of not giving the penalty. And he says whenever there's FHO racing involved, he removes himself, and the panel decides. And I thought, you know, actually, that's quite fair. Like, he, he is very good at and what then, he does. And then did you? And then did you say sorry? I didn't yeah, say sorry. No, you but. say he removes himself. <laughs> sorry. Is it a bit like that meme? You know, Hitler's pen. Is it a bit like that where it's like, oh, we we better not give him the penalty, or Steve Higgs will be cross. <laughs> You've seen Hitler's pen, yes. brilliant. What have you? Have anybody listening has not seen Hitler's pen? Go on to YouTube and watch Hitler's pen. It's brilliant. <laughs> so many videos in it. Hitler's pen. Uh, yes, and yeah, I think that was the. I think that was <laughs> that was the, probably the biggest emotional outburst of the weekend. Uh, yeah. There was the interviews as well. Uh, no, but they came, the, but the, the really weird interview came after race three at the end of the meet. But I thought, this is my only criticism of Glenn Irwin, I didn't really understand what that comment was about Tommy Bridewell's family. I know he cleared it up in race three, but I still didn't really understand what the... So after race one, that's just what I think, looking back. Was it race I've, one, was I've it? I've not rewatched it. I think it was race one, yeah, because the comments about it in, after race two, I think. After race one... Or maybe it was race two. Maybe it was, or maybe he tweeted something. I don't know. But at some stage, once Tommy Bridewell told the cameras to fuck off or whatever, I think Glenn Irwin maybe made a passing joke about his upbringing. Yeah. There's one I heard. I heard it whenever I was at school. The school teacher used to always say it to us because we just were blind at school because we hated at school and we hated our teachers. But she used to always say, every time you open your mouth, you open the door to your house. That's what our school teacher used to say. Mm. And I was like, well, if I open my door, my dad would tell you to fuck off. So. <laughs> 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 but, uh, so I think Glenn maybe said something along them lines. He maybe basically said like, yeah. you know. And then his mum was there, obviously. So I think... Tommy Bridewell maybe took that personally. Now, mm-hmm. Tommy Bridewell and Glenn Irwin, after race two, penalty aside, they shook hands on the bike. They went past each other on the bike and they fist-pumped or shook hands or high-fived. I think, personally, there's maybe a bit of needle between them two, but I think, really deep down personally, I think they're still, you know, amicable with each other. I think yeah, they can I still be so. professional. So... Yeah. I don't think necess- I think Glenn maybe said something. I don't think he was digging a knife. I think he maybe just said something in passing. But the impression I got that it was all the little, you know, Tommy fanboys like Ash there, 
it looks like you should have got a penalty. All the little Tommy fanboys. All the little Tommy. Not a fucking Tommy fanboy. All the little Tommy fanboys were going and oh, tweeting. You know, I think that's what happened. So. Oh, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. I'm not a Tommy fanboy. I just don't think he should have got a penalty. Yeah. So fuck off. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think it might have been. I, yeah, I think people on Twitter, on social media, or X, or Facebook, or whatever, I think people on social media has maybe started slagging Glenn off, and then Glenn fans have seen that, so they started slagging Tommy off, and then it all just got out of hand. Yes. And then race three happened. Social race media. three was a decent race, one. That was a good race as well. And by this stage, yeah, you knew there was a bit of needle, yeah. there was tension. I was tweeting out it on our Big Bad Bike Show X page, and I basically said it's not the fireworks we were expecting leading up to the race, considering the attention. Mm. Still was a bloody good race, though. It was a good race. Them two are on fire this year. It's so good. I know they're on the best they bike really in the are. grid. They're on the best bike in the grid. They're on Ducati, which is just, in racing terms, the best manufacturer in the world. They're proving it in every championship. Every championship, mm. they're proving it. They've built an amazing bike. And they've won everything. Well, elect. Championship yes. elect. They've won everything. Uh, yeah, so they're on the best bike, but oh, God, them two can ride it. Brilliant. Like, take away all the antics this weekend. The racing was incredible. Uh, between them two especially. Absolutely fantastic. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah, but race three but the, There was that comment that Tommy Brybar made about there being a divide in the team. But yeah. I don't know if that was heat of the moment thing again. Well, he said, that, he, said that a couple, he said that a couple of times. Mm. But keep, like you say, I think you keep I saying like this and still get on. Yeah, you keep saying heat of the moment, but this is another thing that, not, that, was, that was kind of annoying me. Glenn Irwin, I know Glenn Irwin won the race or didn't get a penalty or blah, 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 and he left, the, he left Alton Park leading the championship by half a point. But whenever they interviewed him, he was just all about, had a great weekend, Team's doing fantastic. They put in a lot of hard work. They give me a good bike. I can win the race. We're doing really well. Doing this for the big man up there. I hope he's smiling down on me. He was saying all the right things. Tommy Bridewell just yeah. had to say that as well. He could have come in and said, yeah. it's not the weekend we want it, yeah. but I hope he's smiling down. He would probably have words to say to me, blah, blah, blah. But he was he walked up and he was like, I don't care. Anybody says, I won that race. That's my race. I got two, two race wins and... <laughs> And uh, and it was just being weird. And he's like, oh, there's, a, there's definitely a divide in the team. And it's like, you, you don't have to... If there is a divide in the team, this is not the weekend to be saying it. No. No, it's not. <laughs> do you know what I thought? Do you know what I thought? I thought it's like, some old boy has died and you're going to the family wake and his sons and daughters are arguing in front of you as to who's going to get what in the well. And yeah. it's like, you know, you don't clean your dirty laundry in public. And that's the kind of the feeling, the cringy feeling I got. I was like, you don't need to be saying that now. This is definitely not yeah. the weekend to be saying that. You know, we are. There's a lot of cringy interviews, weren't there? But you say in the heat of the moment, but I, they, there's like, they have interviews right there and then, and then contractually they have other interviews. So we'll have another interview for another company and blah, blah, blah. And I seen an interview later on where they're all sitting down in like a building. And like, this, is, this interview was obviously happening. 10, 15, 20 minutes after after the fact. And his interview was exactly the same. Like he he, he didn't mm. have time like he had time to think, Oh well, perhaps perhaps I shouldn't say that. Perhaps I should apologise for that. But he he said the he said the exact same thing. He was like there's a divide in the team. 
or they're making a divide in the team or whatever and uh, they yeah. were really cringy interview they were really cringe they were, they were. I was like oh mate this it was it's just watching somebody have a meltdown in front of you yeah it really wasn't good yeah and uh, and then he, he like fair play he made an apology video fair play that was a good video and I, yeah I think that video he put his heart in his sleeve even though he's wearing t-shirts but anyway you know what I mean put his heart in his sleeve he, he came out with it uh, he told us he likes to fuck sheep he was in there he, he told it all <laughs> and uh that's a joke, by the way. I'm sure Tommy can take it. As a, oh, here as we a go. Uh, he talks to sheep. He talks to sheep, that's it. Milks cows, talks to sheep. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that rubs me up the wrong way with that is how many times, I'm not saying he's done it before, he's got history, but how many times is that going to happen? Because there's somebody else now, if it's Tommy again or somebody else has a meltdown and they start, you know, flipping birds and throwing signs and undermining the officials, or they just think, oh, well, I'll do that and just make a... Just make a... a... I don't think it'll be a regular thing. I'm pretty sure he's getting... uh, There's rumours that he's going to be... I don't know if penalised or fined or something for his... uh... It, something has to happen. They, call they can't yeah, just it's... they can't just be like, oh well, he's made a he's made an apology video, so therefore it's water under the bridge. Yes, it's water mm. under the bridge in the sense that we all forgive you. Like I don't care. I still sit down and have a pint with the man and probably have a bit of banter and a good laugh. You know, yeah. I say he's rubbed me up the wrong way, but that's because he's re- like you know, like I said before, he's written against Glenn Irwin, who I like, but. Mm. Uh, no, they never go sat down and a pint with me anyway. That's completely out of wonder. But you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I still think he deserves, and even I probably don't agree with that size, But I, I still think he deserves like some sort of penalty after that because he, I think his actions. He... I think I think no, I I agree with you. But for his for his fucking actions with like obviously swearing and stuff like that, he definitely deserves something. To come his way because, like you say, otherwise riders, riders will think it's acceptable to yeah. do it, and then just bring a freaking apology video out. No, it's okay. I think now. just the yeah. idea com- I just completely undermining the officials and the guys that are running the show. And I think you'll get. Um, they'll want to make a. What do they call it? Like an example. Yeah, but, but the thing is, I don't want them to. I, I don't want them to put him like three or four places back in the grid. I don't like the idea of that. I don't think they'll no. I think they'll put points on his license because you get like right. your rider's license, didn't you? You get so many yeah. points before you then get a penalty. Because I, I, I was thinking I don't license. I don't I don't want it to I don't want his penalty or his fine or his, you know, slap in the wrist or whatever to get in the way of the race. I don't want that mm. to be what no. determines the championship. Even yeah. though if Glenn Irwin wins and he wins it by like a point Everybody going to be everybody will point back to that safety car. Mm. That's that mm. won or lost yeah, the championship. Right. Yeah. Wah wah wah. Yeah. <laughs> but all in all, it was quite nice to be um, quite nice to be part of the whole uh, 
Paul Byrne Memorial thing. I was on the. Uh, I was stood on. Yes, the that's whole weekend. Ash, you got it. You were backstage. You got to be part of the grid. You got to speak to a lot of the riders. You were there when it was all kicking off. You were in the amongst it. How did it feel? How did it like? What did it feel like? Could you feel the tension in the air? Um, not really, because I wasn't obviously in their Great. in their pits or anything. We <laughs> imagine if I imagine if I'd been obviously with Ducati, then I probably would have done. But um, no, it was uh, it was nice to sort of be there and listen to all the things that saying about Paul Bird and stuff, and seeing the bikes as well. Yeah, in the flesh, I did. Um, I really like the the B Wiser, the B Wiser Ducati. That was a great bike. That was. I love that sponsor. Yeah, I used to work for really B Wiser. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's quite cool, like the Ducati with like the little owl oh, yeah, eyes to, on the front. Yeah, I used to sell insurance for Beewaiter, and I was good at it too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it, it did right, make. Let's just let's just accept the fucking insurance because this guy's doing my fucking head in. He's been talking for the past fifty minutes. Yeah, we'll have the insurance. It did make me laugh, like when you're on the grid for the memorial thing, and I was just thinking, he's probably the only person on that grid. Like two weeks ago, didn't even know who Paul Bird was. Yes, I know who it was. <laughs> I knew who it was, I just didn't know, like... We kept getting, like, we kept getting messages. I didn't was. know Paul Baird had did this. I didn't know <laughs> Paul Baird was responsible well, I did, for this. I didn't. I didn't. To be fair, I didn't know half the stuff he'd done. I didn't know about Joey Dunlop giving him his bike. No, I didn't. What? And that's one of my favourite bikes. Bike did like, my favorite what bike did he give him? What bike did he The Vimto SP1. Uh, the VTR. That, that's what Joey did his last um, TT on and won. Mm-hmm. Mm. Senior, last senior TT. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was it was good. And if you if you see just in the bottom right hand corner, you can just see a fat guy with a Honda hoodie <laughs> and a big bad bike show cap. And that's no, I I took a picture of it and I sent it in a grip chat because I circled you because I find you. Yes. wasn't found wasn't me. quite as hard as where's Wally. You were a, a bit easier <laughs> to find. Yeah, I was the only one on the grid wearing a hoodie and not a team shirt. But to, <laughs> I was saving my team shirt. To be shirt honest, the, the picture the, the picture was quite pixelated, so when you zoomed in, it's hard to see. It was, yeah, yeah. Well, that was um, the actual uh, British Superbikes. Do you want to go on and tell us a bit more, Ash? Well, uh, I do want to say uh, a big well done to Charlie Nesbitt. He is now the top Honda in BSB. Hmm. Which I think is pretty cool, considering he's on a satellite Honda and he's privateer, not satellite. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Yes, but did the rest of the Hondas not just um, crash this weekend? They did, <laughs> pretty much. Hmm. Obviously, Danny Kent's not around at the moment. Is he? His bike's not on the grid. Was it? No, I can't mind. I can't mind if it was one, two, or bust. three. But it was one of the races where one of the Hondas crashed. I was like, oh, Hondas out, and then let's say the next lap, the other one was out, and I was like, oh. Yeah. They might as well just pack up and go home. Having <laughs> a terrible weekend. To be fair, they, they haven't got the riders at the minute, have they? They got the bike, they haven't got the riders. Yeah, well, they, they will do soon. Well, but we're going to get on to silly season. <laughs> uh, Don't ruin no, silly season because we haven't got uh, much. Really good. He did really well, and um, yeah, and obviously Michael Dunlop didn't do as well, not not too well. But like he was saying to me, because I got to speak to Michael. He just said to me, well, I'm, as you know, I'm a road racer and to race on circuits, you have to completely change how you race. And I'm just, he, he was just struggling to do that. He was very open and honest, mm. um, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I wasn't expecting him to do much this weekend. And it's not to have a dig at him. Like you say, I just, no, he didn't. No. It's like I said before, because we were talking privately, 
I said before, if Michael Dunlop was to forget about road racing and concentrate solely on circuits, I think he could be decent. You know, I think he... Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if he could win the British Superbikes, but I think he could be a regular at the top. But yeah. that means concentrating completely on just circuits, but... Mm. Anyway. That's not going to happen. Moving on from British Superbikes, did you catch any of the other races? Ash, did you see any other races? I watched some of the... I watched the Supersport races and I was very gutted for uh, Reese Irwin. Yeah. In mm. the, I think it was the first yeah, was race he got wiped out. Was it Richard, Richard, Richard Cooper, Cooper yeah. that wiped him out? Yeah, Richard Cooper. Yeah, Which... he wiped him out, so I was gutted for him there. And then in the second race... His bloody exhaust bracket came loose. Which was probably a result of the first race coming off. And uh, well, we were watching it on the on the screen, and uh, I was speaking to Steve, uh, um, Steve about it, and he was saying, I, "I don't know how this hasn't he hasn't been black flagged yet." And he did a couple more laps, and you, it just got looser and looser. Did that exhaust pipe. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, he had to come off. So he was absolutely raging. And uh, Chippy's favourite, Tom Bufamos, he he ended up winning the second. Uh, did he win both of them? I, d- I didn't catch who actually won. Who, the first who won one. that? Uh, did Curry win Top, the first? Tom Bufamos. He he won the one with that uh, when Reese Irwin's exhaust came loose in the second race. Yeah, yeah. Tom Bufamos won that one. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. I would need to go in and check um, the results, but. Uh, just let me check Twitter quickly. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I was gutted for Reese Irwin whenever Richard Cooper took him off. And like, Richard Cooper's got every right to be there. I know he does. But it kind of annoys me a little bit whenever riders who aren't exactly in the championship are there. You know what I mean? I know they've they've got sponsors and stuff, but Richard Cooper's never going to win that championship. He's only there because the F900s aren't racing that weekend. So he's just there racing. Yeah, that's that's true. And then he goes and takes out a rider who has arguably a title contender. And it's like, well, if you want to ride in that championship, ride in that championship and forget about the F900s, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like whenever Danny Pedrosa was doing... Uh, whenever Danny Pedrosa was riding wildcard for KTM, but he didn't want to pass... Well, I, I feel that he didn't want to pass uh, Banyaya. It's because he's he knows he's a wild card and he's not in the championship, so he's like, so I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disrupt them. If the opportunity comes, if he goes straight on, maybe I'll pass him. So I think Richard Cooper had no right to be even trying to pass Reese Irwin in a way. I think he'd been. I think he should have been like, well, there's what's the like? You know what I mean? Do, do you understand what I mean? Not that he doesn't have any right to whatsoever, but no, the opportunity should have really been there before he tried to pass him. Uh, ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we are having a few technical issues tonight. So it appears that, uh, well, actually, you know what, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to go into detail because... We're just having technical issues. Internet's just not playing. Things just aren't working the way we'd like them to. And what is happening is that we are realising that 
we cannot continue with the show the way we were planning to. Thankfully, we were about an hour and a half in before any real problems started. So we had the meat and the bones of the show. We got the most of what we wanted. We had a few other things planned. We were going to talk silly season, which we do every week. And we had a few questions at the end of the show, which we're going to talk about. But we are going to keep silly season for next week. And uh, you probably know most of the rumours anyway. And we're not going to tell you anything that's not already been speculated that we can't talk about next week. And the questions, we're just going to keep that for the following week as well. Basically, we want to... Yeah, we'll keep it for next week. Yeah, we want to get the show wrapped up now. Uh, before any more technical issues happen. Unfortunately, this is just the position that we're in. So, where we're at now is to... Oh, yeah, I should also say we've lost Chippy, so the technical issues has also involved yeah, us. Yeah, we, we've got we, no Chippy. We've got no Chippy, which is no bad thing, I suppose, at the end of the day. Right, so, we're just going to go on to our <laughs> predictions. We'll get that out of the way. So, the MotoGP yeah. predictions... Uh, for the MotoGP sprint race, I have gone for Bez. Who have you gone for, Ash? Yep. I've gone for Martin. And Chippy has, has gone for Bagnaia. Bagnaia. Uh, for the MotoGP race, I have gone for my yield favourite. I think this is the week he's going to do it. And I've gone for Zarco. Chippy has gone for Bagnaia again, keeping it safe. And Ash, who have you gone for? I've gone for Bez this time. Right, so we'll both get Bez down for race one. Uh, Moto 2, Chippy yep. has gone for Iron Canet. Ash, who have you gone for? I have gone for Jake Dixon. Hoping for a return <laughs> to form, and I'm also hoping for a rider to return to form, and I have gone for Arbelino, Toby Arbelino, or Tony Arbelino. None um, of us, none of us have gone for Pedro Costa. No, because it's at India and it's a new track and I think Pedro Costa will go into <laughs> that thinking uh, damage limitation. I just don't want to do anything stupid. And he's not as good in the flyaway rounds either. Uh, which is why I've gone for Arbelino because Mark VDS are hoping that he'll pick up in the flyaway rounds. Uh, for Moto3, yeah. I've gone for Onchu. Good shout. I've gone for Suzaki, going back to my roots of choosing Suzaki. And Chippy has gone for David Alonso. Yes. Uh, hoping that the, I also hope the Alonso train keeps going, but we'll see. Uh, I do, yeah. Now, let's just say for the World Superbikes, we've all, <laughs> we've all basically, we've <laughs> race one, race two, race three, the three names that have been mentioned are Top Rack, Batista and Ray. So, I don't think we have to go into great detail anymore about that. <laughs> World Superbikes no, really. is coming to a conclusion and hopefully it is going to tighten at the top with Top Rack uh, bringing in a resurgence. But, there is really only uh a couple of riders who we feel is going to win a race. Like I say, I'm hurrying this yeah. on because I'm just worried that technical issues causes more problems and you just end up... Gonna, yeah, it's going to cause more problems. Yes. So that takes us to the, the end of the show, basically. Unfortunately, it's had the end rather abruptly. We do apologise. Uh, we are a very... Uh, root, grassroots podcast where we don't have studios, we don't have... Uh, fancy equipment we've basically <laughs> just got laptops very very rudimentary 
uh, microphones and internet, which in this case tonight has let a few of us down. Uh, yes. And it's no fault of anybody. It's absolutely nobody else's fault, apart from the fact that the internet had just decided to shut itself in a particular area. Right, so that leaves us to plug our socials. BT. Ash, do you want to give the socials? I can give the socials. So if you want to get in contact with us, and please do, because we really want people to get in contact with us. It's been a bit quiet over the past few weeks. Is You can email us, podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk. Um, it can be about anything. It doesn't even have to be about bikes. Just email us, please. <laughs> um, we're on YouTube, the Big Bad Bike Show. Uh, we're on Twitter, or X as it's called now, at the Big Bad BS. We are on Instagram, the Big Bad Bike Show, with hyphens in between each word. And we are on Facebook, the Big Bad Bike Show. But the best one to go to is our Facebook group, which is the Big Bad BS. That's where we get most of our interaction with you guys. And it seems to be the most popular. If you want to get in contact with us directly, you can contact Sam on X at the Big Bad Biker. I am on Instagram. Uh, that's Ash, um, the Up North Biker. And Chippy is also on X at Moto Chippy. Yes, so uh, we do get a lot of traffic and stuff on our facebook page the big bad bs and recently i've been taking more of an effort to pump out a lot more content i'd say on our on our memes. x especially <laughs> with memes we've been trying to make memes go on our x page twitter page and follow us and see our memes we will have more yeah uh just reiterate what I said. Get involved. Send us an email. If you're listening to it, if, if you do listen to us at all and you like what we do, just send us an email. Don't, don't care what it's about. Tell us about your favourite bike ride, motorbike ride. Tell us about your worst experience you've ever had on a bike, favourite bike you've ever read, uh, nightmare rides, happy rides, you know, your neighbour's riding. T- 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 just, just indulge us with a story or just ask us a question or answer one of the previous questions from a previous podcast anything at all uh yeah just basically get in touch because what we want to do is create a community we don't just want to talk nonsense we do literally want to create a community so and on top of the socials we may be pushing out our discord this week as well so look out for that Mm. i'll probably push the link out with the rest of our stuff uh, so there's not really much else to say about our goodbyes. So Chris Motochepe, oh that's right, he's not here. Up north biker. Can I try and pretend to be twi- Can I try right, and pretend to be Right, you pretend to be twi- Right, Chris Motochepe. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, up north biker asshole. <laughs> I see the later. I've been the big bad biker. This is. Big Bad Bike Show. This was such a good show. We were having such a good time before the technical issues came. But you've got to take it rough with the smooth. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye.